0: Finder community, we're back with our popular segment where we speak to founders and professionals from the sporting world from all over the globe. My name is Amar el and today we have a very special guest, Miss Rachel Garland. Rachel, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, it's great to be here.
0: Uh, It is an absolute pleasure Rachel. Um, Rachel, before we get get into what you're currently working on or, or what you're what you're involved in, take us back in time. Where did, where did it all start for you?
1: Um, yeah. So it all started a long time ago. I was probably a year to maybe eighteen months old. Um, uh, my older siblings were in gymnastics classes, and from what my parents tell me is, I would not just sit uh, in the audience and watch them. so I had to try to mimic everything that they did and one of the coaches saw um, and even though I was young asked if it, if it was okay if I could be in classes. Um, and I stuck with it ever since then. So I started the sports when I was about 18 months and tried other things along the way. Uh, but gymnastics was the thing that I always stuck with so I did it all through high school. Earned a, uh, a full athletic scholarship. Um, so I did it in college and officially retired from the sport when I graduated from university. Um, I'm still involved with it today. So now I, I have coached in the past. I uh, judge other gymnasts that are up and coming. Um, and I work with the, uh, the university that I went to doing their online commentary for their gymnastics meets.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, How how have you seen the uh, sport evolve uh, over over the years?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, Drastically. Um, Even from, you know, when I was growing up, I, I was around for the 96 Olympics. That was probably my first real experience into the Olympics from an age where I could understand what was going on. Um, and it was great that it was in the United States and gymnastics was, it was the sport. Every, everyone was watching the Magnificent Seven at the time. Um, you know, I, I think that's when, you know, I, I wanted to go to the Olympics. That was, you know, that was my dream. So uh, I vividly remember watching all the routines, uh, and all the requirements that they had at that time and to where it is now, it's completely different. So the, the level of skills that they're doing, um, I'm sure the gymnasts that were around in the nineties are probably glad they're retired because they wouldn't want to compete with what the girls have to do now to stay at a highly competitive Mm -hmm. level. Um, I personally am glad I'm retired because I don't want to have to learn some of the new skills that they are currently doing. Um, but I, I attribute that just a lot to the world in general. Um, so I know one question you had asked when we were uh, prior to this, when we were talking, was just around the technology. Um, just the technology inside a practice gym is completely different. The the equipment is better, it lasts longer, uh, you can do more repetitions, the mats that the gymnasts are using, uh, all the technology that goes into that to make sure if a gymnast falls, that they're not getting hurt. Um, a lot of the video work that's done currently, so a lot of gyms have all of their equipment on videotape delays, so you can actually record a skill or a routine that you're doing. And when you're finished, you wait 30 seconds, you walk to a monitor that's off to the side. So you're not in the way and you actually watch yourself. So you can kind of self-correct in that regard. So just in the gym, in terms of what uh, the girls are are actually doing um, from the 96 Olympics, the skills that they did now uh, would, would not be competitive at all to, uh, the the last Olympic cycle they they would not have placed
0: very well. Well, um, it seems like things have really, really evolved. <coughs> Sorry. Um, let's talk about a bit of. Uh, it, ha- have there been many wearables? Uh, when I say wearables, I mean wearable technologies that have been um, basically established to track. The gymnast movements and so on and so on.
1: Um, I don't know if they do as much with wearable technology just because it can impose a potential hazard depending on what they're training. Um, but I do know again with the video, you know, kind of the lapse delay in viewing yourself, um, they definitely have those set up. So a lot of times there's cameras mounted in the gym, angled at the floor or the balance beam um, and then that will be connected to a monitor somewhere else so if a gymnast is trying to hit a perfect handstand they can see if they're a few degrees short or a few degrees over um, they can see on a split if they're supposed to be at 180 degrees they can see if they're if the angle is proper or if it's over 180 degrees so There's a lot that they can look at from that tape delay. Um, They do use training tools in terms of more of the cardiovascular pieces. Uh, So strength training, they will use some wearable technology, endurance training, altitude training. Um, So they do use technology in those regards, but when they're performing their high-level skills, they're normally not attached to anything.
0: So basically in preparation to, to perform at the highest level, they use all those wearables. Correct. Awesome. Talk to me about some of the challenges a, a gymnast would, would face nowadays that they, that, they, that they wouldn't face back, back in your times.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I think the hardest part is keeping up with the difficulty level. Uh, so the skills are constantly getting harder and harder and new skills are having to be – Invented, um, and then they're also expected to not only do extremely difficult skills, but they're also expected to do them perfectly and stick their landing whenever they come down. They're not allowed to move. Uh, previously, there the gymnastic skills were difficult, uh, but I personally feel there was a slightly more artistic component to it. Um, so again, if you think about the you know the '80s Olympics and the and the ones in the '90s. Uh, the the floor and the balance beam routines had a lot more dance, had a lot more character to them. Whereas now, a lot of times it's tumbling and acrobatics, and the choreography, uh, the artistic piece is kind of taken away a little bit. So I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces uh, from then to now is it's gone from. Artistic to slightly
0: artistic, but very, very difficult. Nice, interesting. From the business side, how has the uh, sport evolved? Have, have you seen a lot more um, media outlets looking to cover? And now you've got streaming through all these channels—Facebook, Twitch, so on, so on. Has that helped grow the sport? Has it helped? Has it made it tougher to monetize on? Or what what other difficulties that broadcasters are facing, basically?
1: Yeah, it, it has definitely helped grow the sport and monetize the sport. Um, so it used to be that people only watched gymnastics once every four years when the Olympics came around. It was yeah. the first watched Olympic sport, <clears throat> but nobody ever watched it outside of the Olympics. Uh, and I think that's in part because it wasn't a mainstream sport that got airtime on TV. Um, in the United States, it's football and basketball. So every weekend, you can guarantee there is football or basketball on the TV. And gymnastics is getting there. Um, college gymnastics has become it has become more entertaining as as it is in football or basketball. So the gymnasts are there to put on a a show. It is very much a team sport in college gymnastics, whereas in The Olympics are team oriented, but a lot of those gymnasts are from individual places. So, you know, going through the school age, it's more of an individual sport versus a team sport in college or in university. It's definitely. It doesn't matter what you do as an individual because the school is looking at it. Did the school win or did the school lose? They don't they don't really care if you won or lost as an individual. Um, So I think with that, it it has definitely helped with the television and airing some of these. Uh, ESPN is fantastic at broadcasting. The majority of the Division I schools um, will have some sort of agreement with ESPN, whether you can watch on different networks or just on ESPN.com. So they're all on there. And I think that's helped because it trickles down into more of the consumer level. So the younger generations finally do get to watch gymnastics on TV fairly regularly. And then they want to go and learn how to do all of that same stuff. So then it puts more business into the local gyms. And with that, all of the apparel and stuff that comes with it. So... uh, the The televising of gymnastics has definitely helped the sport grow to where it is currently.
0: Yeah, I mean, you made a valid point. Gym- gymnastics is sport that, that you watch at, at, at the Olympics once every four years. That, that is so true. Um, but but now it's like I'll be going through my social media feed and I'm seeing all these different tournaments popping up, and it's like. I wonder how this impacted the sport um, because it was really a thing of you watch it every four years, So and it is pretty entertaining and, and exciting because the athletes are phenomenal with the things that, that, that they can do. So it's definitely, um, from, from an outsider, from what we've seen, it's, it's given the exposure that I think that you would have never seen before
1: and I, I think it helps that you can see it more often now even if you watch things on repeat or you know old videos yeah. um, the fact that it's there is is definitely helpful just because again you know people want to go back and and see see different things I, I still watch videos I'll go on YouTube and I'll look up the Olympics from the the 50s and 60s where wow thequal Uneven bars, what is now the uneven bar, it used to be the uneven parallel bars, and they swung and, like, banged their hips on the bar, and I'm very glad that I never had to do that. It (laughs) was horrific, Uh, but I'm fascinated by some of the skills that they were capable of doing, Uh, and I'm sure they probably think the same of the skills that are done today, but it's just a different time. Um, and I think I think what they did, given what they had as far as equipment, was phenomenal. Some of it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what does the future look like for for the sport in, in your eyes?
1: Um, I think it's going to continue getting harder um, at a at a macro level in terms of the Olympics. The 2020 Olympics is very very confusing for gymnastics. Um, So spectators are going to have a really hard time following along, mainly because the teams are now a team of four instead of five. And that's been cut down from the 90s where it was a team of seven. Um, So now there's four girls on the team, but they've allowed individual girls to qualify for the Olympics that are not part of the team. So the United States will send a team of four. And they will probably also have a few gymnasts that are competing for individual medals that will not help the team. So it's a really complicated wow. way that they're structuring everything. Um, I think they will change that for the 2024 Olympics because they got a lot of backlash for changing it so drastically. Um, but the skills are going to become more and more difficult on um, It used to be where when I was going through my school ages um, and I finally figured out that I would not be an Olympic gymnast, um, my next forecast was I wanted to compete at the college level. Uh, Now, that is because there are so many gymnasts, that is also becoming very difficult. So you still have to be a very high-level gymnast to even make it onto a college gymnastics team. So I think part of it's going to be either adding more gymnastics teams to universities to where more people can actually do that. Um, but I, I think some of it's just going to be keeping up with all of the people that want to do gymnastics um, because there's a lot of them out there and it's getting... There's there's a lot of people. There's not a lot of outlets for them, and it's also getting very expensive. So uh, the affordability, I think, needs to definitely even out so that they can maximize participation.
0: Interesting. Um, any last words to to aspiring athletes looking to become gymnasts moving forward?
1: Um, check out you know check out the local gyms. Um, every gym has a different philosophy so uh, a bad experience at one gym might not necessarily take place at another gym um, if you have a college with a gymnastics team go watch they're, they're a lot of fun um, they really put on a show for their spectators which is kind of nice uh, watch the meets on ESPN um, again they're, they're always fun but um, yeah, it's definitely growing. and it's been really cool to watch it. Uh, so've I've had a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Um, Rachel, before we let you go, I mean, we've had a great chat, heaps of insight. You've shared a lot of information with us. where 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 can we find you online?
1: Um, so LinkedIn is probably the uh, the best place to find me. Um, I've got everything on there from the scan work that I do. Uh, so just under Rachel Garland, um, I would say that's probably the best spot. Um, I've got you know Instagram accounts and everything as far as social media, but uh, that's probably the easiest place to go.
0: Awesome, uh, Rachel Garland. Thank you very much. I I really appreciate your time and effort. And once again, thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?